Howdy, folks. For eons, our planet has drifted as a spaceship through the universe. And for a brief moment, we have been its passengers. Throughout today's performance, please refrain from buzzing, stinging, and pollinating. And no chirping. Thank you. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we'd love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. I'm Dewey, one of the hosts of the show, and we're coming to you from our homes. I'm coming to you from my home in Delaware, and this is episode number 38 of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Stick around towards the end of the show for more information on how you can contact us and become involved in the show through some social media groups and maybe even be a contributor to future shows. With me today are my podcast travel buddies. My buddy Ron coming to us from his home in Tennessee. How's it going, Ron? It's going well. Uh, excited to do another show. And shout out to our listeners and a shout out to uh, Dewey and Tony for all the hard work that you guys do on the production of this show. I sit here and do nothing. Promise I do nothing. But these guys work really hard to make sure it's good. So shout out to them. Well, Ron, you're the star of the show. Typically, the Ron, the 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 show star just shows up. And oh, is that time, right? If that was true, that'd be awesome. So we, you're just you have the best up, trailer. You're your lines, and yeah, you go back to your trailer, and <laughs> and then you know Tony and I just toil over the the rest of the the minute details of of this uh, elaborate production yes. that we put on all the time. Yes. I, um, by the way, fellas, uh, I was thinking about asking for a raise. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'll double it. Here now. I'll double it. I, I'm all in favor. You guys work so hard. Let's Outstanding. All right. That's going to come in handy. All right. Nice run. Thank you. Bud. Uh, and then my good buddy, Tony G, coming to us from New York. How's it going, Tony? I'm doing good. Coming in uh, somewhere uh, with near New York City. But uh, hopefully everything's good with everybody out there. Thank you very much for listening and watching our videos. I see that there has been an increase in the amount of people who are who are watching, and and we appreciate that. We hope you uh, continue to watch and tell your friends and and uh, and enjoy the content. Yeah, we get excited when we see clicks and follows and subscribes and and all. Yes, that it makes all this hard work. Stuff worth it especially uh dewey it's not a problem giving you a, an increase i mean we zero plus zero is zero so we're good <laughs> yeah ron's gonna double my my salary <laughs> from zero to zero 
Uh, in no yes. time flat. So I'll see that in the next pay period. Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll see it today. We'll <laughs> oh, yeah. to you today. Outstanding. Outstanding. I can't wait to tell the kids they can finally go to college. <laughs> <laughs> that virtual fake. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the University of Me. I'm going to teach them everything they need to know. <laughs> well, you're qualified. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. All right. So last week or last, maybe it was two weeks ago. I don't know. Time all runs together. Last episode. During our last show. Yeah. There you go. Our last show. Previously on WDW Reflections Podcast. <laughs> we need like a montage or something. I don't know. But in the last show, uh, I know it debuted around October 1st because that was the uh, the birthday party, the 40th anniversary of Epcot Center. And we know that uh, I especially love me some Epcot. These two fellas are fans also. But we had a really good time talking about and reflecting on some of the things that we we loved about Epcot, specifically we kind of made a list of three things each that uh, that we loved and missed or just think, you know, when we go to Epcot, it's the things that we think about. And then we had some of our previous guests from the show come and share some of their memories and favorite things about Epcot. Which we're and really then, appreciative of as, uh, oh, absolutely. as well. Thank you absolutely. so much for uh, for all you guys for joining in and, and, and helping the show be extra special. And if anyone hasn't heard that or seen it, go check it out on YouTube. We have videos of everybody talking about what their favorite memories from Epcot were. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, it, was, it is very cool because, you know, each of the people that, that helped us out with the Epcot episode have been on the show before. So yeah. we've uh, bothered them and they've been kind enough to spend some time with us and 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 do those things for our show and make our show better so we really do appreciate that and some of their you know their their what they shared and their experiences and stuff was some really pretty cool stuff so definitely appreciate that but as we we always talk about after we do an episode and after it's released we kind of talk about how we think it went or where we could improve or how we could expand or what do we do next time? Those kinds of things. And Tony brought up a pretty good point in that entire episode. And I, it was, I think somewhere close to two hours, um, hour and a half. I'm not, I don't remember exactly uh, our usual runtime, but Tony brought up that in that entire discussion, we didn't speak about any of the attractions. We talked about kind of Epcot as a whole or what the experience was. The idea, right. The experience that you get in Epcot and everything we talked about was just outside the attractions. We talked about, you know, lots of things, but nothing about the specific attractions. Which says a lot about the park, if you think about it. I mean, the, this is a park that was in the middle of Walt Disney World, where people are thinking, I'm going to go on a ride. I'm going to go just for those things. And we were saying Epcot is great because of everything but. And I even realized, and we won't talk about it today, but I, I do just want to point out another thing that we didn't talk about was literally what Epcot has become in the last probably 10 years or so. Oh, yeah. Is the Festival Center. 
Mm-hmm. We didn't even touch on uh, Festival of the Arts and food and wine and and all of. I mean, there's basically a festival of some kind at Epcot for most of the year, you know. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even talk about that. We were like, "Wow, really?" So what we thought we would do is, since we love Epcot so much, that we would come back in today and make this episode an extension of the first uh, reflection on 40 years of Epcot and maybe talk about some of the stuff we didn't touch on and maybe talk about some attractions that we no longer have or attractions that maybe we still have but have changed over the years or attractions that are coming and how they fit into the overall experience of Epcot. Ron, I think you said you had a couple ideas. Would you like to start? Uh, well, yeah, we can. It's stuff that I just didn't realize. I'm not in the know like you guys um, are. And one of the things that from the last show that I communicated that I really enjoyed was Communicore. And it was two pavilions. And what I didn't realize is that in night or 2015 the one on the one was closed and has now actually been torn down yes and then the other one is more of a um uh what's the consumer area for you've got um club cool of course that is the tasting of the different sodas that coke has around the countries but then you have the connection cafe eatery and the creation shop so they've made that not even a attraction or or a place that you really go to experience more of a place that you go to spend and then the the other one was (laughs) torn down which may not be a surprise um but the other one was torn down for um, basically the development of future world. Yes. So, and and I will be honest with you when I was young, we, I didn't spend nearly the time in Communicore and then in inventions that I looking back on it now, I wish I had, I, you know, I, I do uh, regret it a little bit. Because for us, it was all about getting on the attractions. You know what I mean? And we, I just, you know, and you've said it before, Ron, you were all about speed and thrills. You wanted to do those things. So Epcot wasn't completely in your, your wheelhouse. But for me, I, I did love Epcot, but I was all about the attractions and, we may have walked through Communicore when we were there. And even then later on in the nineties, when it changed to interventions, uh, we would maybe walk through it some, but we did not spend the kind of time in Communicore or interventions that those places deserved. Well, and, and, and truth be told, I mean, you could literally, if you were going to do everything that were in those buildings, you wouldn't have gotten anything else. Right. So, you needed absolutely. a couple of hours in there. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. 
It was like a science center, really, like a a museum center. I mean, it was almost like, you know, those kids' museums where you have a lot of hands-on. And you just don't, you don't go into a museum and and run through it. It's just not, that's not how it's designed. That's not what you do. And so when you're at a amusement park, it's hard to pull yourself away from traditional entertainment that you think of within amusement park to slow down and learn in the other areas of epcot i think they did a really good job of letting you have fun and and sneaking in the education part if you will and so i'm with you dewey i i think there was a lot there that would have been a lot of fun and a lot of to learn but i just don't know that it was conducive to the environment that it was in if that makes but it, sense. it was their own fault though because at one point it was more exciting than what it became i mean when it first opened up it was all new and exciting to walk through those areas and see all the technology but then some at some point in the 90s it just became these long hallways with broken down things that didn't really well yeah uh, and they didn't even have people there they didn't have anybody it was yeah. just then it no one was in costume because I think reading. when, when yeah. Epcot first opened, they had those fancy costumes there as well and and made it an inviting place to to go in and explore. Whereas by the time it got to the 90s and then right before it changed into whatever it is now, it was just nothing, just hallways. Yeah. And unfortunately, I remember that very well. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Interventions was sort of, spiraling downward when they were they certainly weren't investing in it anymore but the communicore it was like ron said it two sides both on east and west side and both sides were just jam-packed with stuff and the 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 technology and all of that kind of stuff that's where uh, they had, you know, the robots and they had just all kinds. I know Ron's talked about you got to build your own robot and stuff. And he liked that when he was a kid. There was so much stuff in there to do. And really, <clears throat> when we would walk in there, it was because the main thoroughfare was really busy and people were all in it. So we would hop into Communicore or Interventions and, you know, they both kind of, snaked around they made that that almost like a c shape or whatever and we would walk through it really fast to get to test track or or whatever we were trying to get to over there world of motion horizons in the early days well you just made me think what was the first ride that you wanted to go to when you whenever you got to epcot or what was the thing that you needed to do as soon as you walk through the gates you know anybody that has been to Epcot before and knows what they're doing knows that when you walk through the gate you don't go to spaceship earth first yeah you say that unless you're there at at, um at opening at rope drop drop. yes so because everybody they're like hey here's the first attraction let's no remember everything everything's in there so you have to go everything's inside (laughs) the big golf ball so so you know those of us in the know, and trust me, I thought I was in the know back in the you know eighties and nineties because I had my burn bombs. Yeah, the burn bomb uh, books, guide, guide books. You know, 
So I knew this tricks. You didn't go straight to straight to spaceship Earth because everybody does that. All the dummies that didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> so I was smarter than them. So you, of course, you skip. Is there, a, is there a Walt Disney World book for dummies somewhere? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes, there is. There, is. there, is. there, I don't, there was. I right, there was, right. Is four dummies books. Is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't know if they still make those. Uh, but... There definitely was Epcot for dummies. <laughs> Epcot for dummies. I think Ron has the whole whole collection. Oh come on! I do. I have all the <laughs> I, for everything. <laughs> they were written for me. Stop. <laughs> but but uh, obviously, but obviously, the um, the spaceship Earth was there as the alluring thing because you see it from the parking lot. You see it from before you even get to the park, kind of. But what was what was your favorite place to go to, Ron? So in nineteen, so I don't. We went in nineteen eighty two. So then it was brand new. So there was nothing that I thought that would other than the obvious spaceship Earth. Everybody that's so I'm sure we stood in line for that. The minute we walked in, because okay. we think through things, but now, um, Mission Space had opened. The next time I was able to go to um, Epcot, so so as soon as you get there, you head straight to Mission. I Space. made a beat, not now, but when I the first right, the first time that I got there, and Mission Space had opened. Yes, I made a beeline for Mission Space. Melissa may have slowed me down a little bit. She's like, it's all the way in the back. Let's we'll get to it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but we're riding that. <laughs> what about you do? So do you want to know then? Do you want to know now? What what do you want to know? Both because both. now when we go, and maybe you guys are gonna shake your head at me or not, I don't know. But now Quite literally, the very first thing we do every time we walk into the the gates of Epcot is we go to the, you know, the trail goes around Spaceship yeah. Earth, right? We go to the right side towards uh, west, and we go into the Art of Animation. That's the first place we stop every the Art time of animation? we go to Epcot. Yeah, the, the store, the retail store. Oh, it's got okay. All the, I was like, oh, is that a... It's not a... Not an attraction. No, we go straight to there and we go in there and look at all the cool Disney prints and, and oil paintings and all that kind of stuff. We we almost every single time, that's where we go first. Do you guys go by map, go by the map at all? Because I've noticed a lot of vloggers when they go into the into Disney World, they just kind of do it sort of as casually as we're doing this show they just walk in and do whatever they're doing and sometimes they look at the map and they go oh, oh look they gave us a map they don't even bother looking to see what's on there uh, i remember when i used to get to the park the first thing i do is grab that map and try to figure out okay we're going to do this we're going to do that we're going to do that uh, I, do, do you guys are were you map people or did you just do it based on what was available i am a grab a map and put it in something so it stays fold uh, doesn't doesn't get folded or creased and you can get another it. one well sure but i don't use them in the park those I things used them. to get so mangled speaking oh of. sure oh I, yeah. I don't use them in the park and when i was young or when i our first few trips probably used them and to look around but uh and here you go ron this is where you can insert your you know your comment about my frequency of visits but 
you know, we went so much that I didn't need to, I don't nobody, I need, nobody needs to tell me how to it. get to whatever on the map because I know where it is. So, so like if we, if we were walking around, we could call you up and you'd say, okay, we'll turn to the right and four oh, steps over. Yeah. I mean, when we are in the park if, and we're in, it's, it's funny because my father-in-law works at Disney. He's been, yeah. he's worked at Disney for 25 years. I think this is his 26th year. Wow. And when we're there, and we're walking around the parks or whatever, he'll ask me where the bathroom is. And I'll say, <laughs> okay, where are we? Let's see. I know. I, I had to orient myself and I'm like, okay, we're here. You have to go up here, make a left. And there's a, you know, the bathrooms are there or whatever. So I, I, not only do I know where the attractions are, I know where bathrooms are. I know where, you know, is if you, you know, if you need a poncho, you go in this store. You know, I know all of that stuff just because, you know, because I've been there a few times. So, and that's a true story. My father-in-law always asks where the bathroom is. <laughs> and no matter where, what park we're in, I can tell him where the bathrooms are. Only place I can't do that is uh, Disney Springs because it's, it's I know it's a been lot. a few years, but yeah. it's that it's been Disney Springs, but I haven't spent as much time at Disney Springs as I did when it was downtown Disney. We used to go there a lot when it was downtown Disney. But, yeah, we used to also. So I don't I really use, use a map the maps a, that much. I use a map to plan out when I'm at home, but when we get there, we pretty much know where stuff is. The only exception to that, the only park that doesn't make sense to me, and it does once I look at the map, but when I'm standing in Animal Kingdom, I I get lost. Yeah, that place is very vast, and, and I it, it's still laid out in a well planned way. But for some reason, I just get lost. Well, well you know, big. we talk. Yeah. One thing about Epcot too that it was a. Uh, I don't remember. Do you probably would know this? It, has it always been a available as a? Um, has park hopping always been available since since Epcot was the second park to to spring up in Disney World? Did they have such a thing as park hopping back then? Because I know eventually it became the kind of thing where I'd spend one morning in some park and then hop on over to Epcot and go and do the things that I wanted to do there and then hop on over to someplace else and probably hop back so that I could see the fireworks or or have something to eat. I will be honest with you. I don't know exactly when park hopping became a thing. I don't know when it was an official. You can go to both parks in in, in a day. Mm -hmm. What I do know is that it definitely was before MGM. So okay. when it was just two parks, I, I can remember, and my mom still has all of our ticket stubs and stuff, but we have uh, three-day park hoppers. And all. it's just... Um, uh, Magic Kingdom and and Epcot Center. You remember that old logo that was just the castle and yes. Spaceship Earth? And so we've got three-day park hoppers, the ones that they would stamp. They had the right. date stamps on it. And that it was called a three-day park hopper. And you could go to both parks as much as you wanted to. So I don't know when that started. It was a thing on my first trip in 85. So... I, to me, I guess that means it started pretty early on in in Epcot's life. 
because when I got there in 85 for my first trip, park hopping was already a thing. Well, considering, let's say that we did park hop and we didn't go there as soon as we walked into the, through the gates, Spaceship Earth, what, what are your guys' memories about that? Any Anything in particular that, that the image of Spaceship Earth brings to mind? And, and, you know, I think we have talked about Spaceship Earth, not as in an episode, but we've talked about the iterations of uh-huh. Spaceship Earth. And so my very favorite, of course, is the Walter Cronkite version. That one will ever, forever be the the original to me. We talked about Vic Perrin and, and all that, the, the first version of it that I never saw. So I do remember the, the, the Walter Cronkite version, and it had, you know, Tomorrow's Child in it and all that. And the song abs- Tomorrow's Child. Yes, the song Tomorrow's Child. And now, and here here comes uh, old man Grumpy Dewey for a minute. <laughs> the, the ending of the current Spaceship Earth with the screens and, and all that, you know, the entire time you're traveling backwards, you know, when you're at the top, it's like, yeah, please stay seated. Your time vehicle is rotating backwards or whatever it says, right? Um, so it's all just black now and, you know, they keep it black cause you're paying attention to the it's screen. It's still black after all these years. Yes. Cause we're talking, I have not been to, I realized this the other day. I haven't been to Epcot in at least 12, 13 years. Well, so, um, you haven't missed anything as far as spaceship. Oh my goes. goodness. So one the, of my favorite things was the original way that it used to be. And then so, I thought maybe it went black just while they were refurbishing it. No, Dame Judy Dench, this that version, right? And you've right. been on that version with yes. the screen where you tell it, uh-huh, you know, with the like screen or travel or whatever. Which I didn't really like very much. They they added these little screens into the Omni is an Omni Mover there? And I don't remember exactly. It's Omni Mover, yes. Um they added these little screens in there which did, in my opinion detracted from what you're supposed to be looking at or doing. Well, that's just it. It's not detracting from anything because they've literally painted everything black. Wow. And they've they've hung black drapes or curtains or whatever. And now they play the Rolling Stones song while you go backwards. They've covered all of the stuff, all of the really, really amazing stuff that you got to see previously. Do you still feel that sensation of floating backwards in space when you get to the top? Um, for a minute, because because you know, they used you, to have those colored lights or stars or something. The only thing you get is you you still see the big reveal when you get to the top and and it's the projection of planet Earth on the the roof. Right, right? that was neat. Yeah. Well, um, unfortunately, the the spacecraft that used to be up there when uh, when you got to that area and you your vehicle spun around, you could see the the like the space station up there. That's uh, it's still there. And if you look closely and you can still see the uh, the outline or the shape of that old uh, space station, it's just painted black and everything else in there is black, but it's still there. You know, they everything that went into Spaceship Earth had to be taken up that, you know, that winding staircase. Right. So instead of removing it which i don't know if they could even they would have to completely dismantle and tear that thing apart 
instead of doing that, they just painted it black. So it's still there. You just can't see That's it That's a anymore. shame. I mean, I, I would... I, I, oh, I, yeah, I absolutely. And, and yeah, I think what happened was once we got to that information age that they used to promise us in the previous version of it, once that became a, a, a reality, they, they were like, okay, uh, I guess we don't know what's coming next. So we'll just see blackness. That's what it kind of feels like it, or felt like to me. But it's still kind of silly to me because it's not like we're not still exploring space. It's exactly. not like we don't have space stations out there. And so, there's still innovations, inventions to be made. Sure. Innovation, I don't know. I'm getting confused here. So I, <laughs> I never understood why they had to hide that space station that was at the top of Spaceship Earth. You know, we're we're still doing that. Humans are still yeah. traveling to space. And so they're so talking about a ride that needs a little bit more refurbishment toward the end there. I can't believe it's been that long and they still did. I literally thought they just took that away because I think they lost the AT&T sponsorship. Right. And, yeah, and, yes. and then I thought they were just looking for a new sponsor. They're going to put something else there. And instead, we got these little video screens. We take a cute picture, but we can all do that now. So we've advanced beyond that now. I believe is it Siemens the sponsor for Spaceship oh, okay. Earth now? I believe that's the, the the sponsor. So so yes, you know, the space station at the top is gone, but all of the cool stuff that you saw when you are winding backwards and all of that stuff. Or that is sensation just, of it anyway. Right. It's all gone. It's all I mean, it's not gone, it's still there. They literally left it there. They just put either either curtains or something and there's even some places that is just boarded up and they've painted the boarding black and it's black in there right and you don't see anything because it's dark and the only thing you see is the screen in your ride vehicle which you know i mean thank goodness they did that because if there's one thing that we as humans don't get enough of nowadays is screen time so <laughs> Thank goodness they they added some screen time to our, our ride vehicle. Well, to be honest with you, the last time I was there, I don't even think I had an iPhone yet. So it was kind of weird. But anyway, um, we could talk forever about Spaceship Earth, and we probably will do a show on that. But moving on from there, um, did you guys – we're staying in Future World at this point. But did you guys enjoy going to – if you kept walking to the – right which is still to the west i don't still don't get that but anyway um the living seas living seas was always see if you think about it remember that future world opened first at nine and then uh World right. Showcase opened at 11 but not all of the pavilions in future world stayed open until the park closed right some of them would close at seven so you had to make sure trying to remember you had to make sure you got to i know the living seas was one that closed at seven so you had to make sure that you got to that one before 7 p.m and we always loved that yeah and I, Especially its previous version, as you've mentioned before, with the Hydrolanders. The original version. I mean, yeah. and don't get me wrong. I like Nemo. Uh, Nemo was a great movie. My kids loved it when, when they were little. And it makes sense. You know, you can almost put Nemo and, and friends into the living seas. And it's it, it makes sense. You know, they're, hey, guess what? There are actually fish in the ocean. So 
I don't necessarily it it makes sense more than it does putting Frozen in Norway because Arendelle's not a real place. <laughs> but so the ocean is a real place and so are fish. That's a real thing. So I don't hate it. What I do hate is that they dramatically shortened the ride. So the ride is much shorter. You don't go through the tunnel anymore. And where you remember that? The, well, I think that remember that tunnel. It always reminded me of that scene in Jaws 3D with the when the yes the shark crashes through uh -huh. the uh, mm -hmm. glass there. So you don't go through that anymore, and you can you can still see it if, once you get out into and you're walking around the the aquarium. You can the tunnels are still there. You can see them, but they dramatically shortened the ride, and it's you know it's all about nemo and that's okay i guess but they don't even i enjoyed that experience but i noticed that the some of the even 12 years ago some of the puppets or i'm sorry animatronics stopped working back then yes and they don't they used when to you move get, yes when you get to the scene where bruce is there yeah the uh I, and i can't remember his name now but the shark that has the hook in his snout okay that character used to move in and out of that uh of the 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 sunken ship and he just sits there now he doesn't Aww. move and i know it's but there it, were but what about this the 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 jellyfish do they still come down in? last time i was there the jellyfish yeah. didn't move they just what were static they, they oh were just no static. see and, that's sad to hear and, you know, but, and I also thought that queue when they redesigned that queue was pretty interesting too. It was it was not a it was not your standard one. I think a lot of it had little movies going on and and um, it made you feel as if you're going under the sea to get there. Yeah. So the coolest part about the queue of the Living Seas, or sorry, the seas, the Nemo and friends, um, was you know the silverfish in in the movie the silverfish right, right. move yeah. around yeah. and they make shapes. There's a point in the queue where the silverfish are on the the wall, and they make different shapes. And they they you know that's pretty cool. They do they do. That's when you're having to wait in line. It's something to entertain you. Did either and of it, you guys ever get to eat there? I used to. Unfortunately, you, it seemed kind of weird that you'd be eating Flounder's friend while you're looking at Flounder. But <laughs> <laughs> um, did did either of you ever eat at the restaurant there? It was really for me. We used to always make that part of i've heard plan. it's really really good it, it was I've good i had the opportunity to eat there at least when i when we used to go we used to make that a, a staple and and it was actually pretty good yes you know so it's welcome to the living seas come <laughs> see all of these sea creatures in their their beauty and their glory now that you've seen them would you like to taste one <laughs> exactly so. what, was, what was cool though <laughs> it had this this gigantic tank all around you while you were eating and sometimes you'd see yes. a diver go in and and feed the fish or you'd see uh something come near the window that you were at it i, I thought that experience is pretty cool because unlike um the new experience with space 20 space whatever it's called 220 over there, 220 um these were real things that were on the opposite side of that tank yeah. so that was kind of cool well you don't need to see real things anymore because they can do it digitally now they can now do it digitally if they want to that's correct so i've never eaten in the coral reef coral i'm not reef. a seafood uh, guy okay i i don't eat fish. i wasn't either I but eat. i learned eventually how to do that and i liked the meals that i that i had there 
and and I know that they've got steak and stuff on sure. the menu and stuff, but I've been in the coral reef and so we had priority seating for the coral reef and we went in and you know it's very beautiful and very it, you the, the every the the front walls are all just windows into the the aquarium and we sat down and picked up the menu and it was all seafood and you know a couple of i think they had chicken i think they had a steak and nothing on the kids menu my kids were a little bit smaller there was nothing there that they would eat so we just kind of like looked at each other and you know sitting already at our table and we we looked at each other and my wife and i said and eh, let's go somewhere else <laughs> so we just we told our waiter that like uh, we changed our minds and said thank you sorry and walked out and i think we went and got nachos or something at, at okay. the outdoor mexico pavilion so i've been inside it and it's beautiful and this aquarium is really cool but we we didn't eat there so that's my experience with coral reef really cool place but we don't eat seafood or fish so uh we're lame what about you, Ron? Uh, so I've seen it, I've, but I've not experienced eating there. There are an aquarium. Uh, I think that's the name of it, the aquarium restaurant that's located in different parts of the country. And we've eaten at one of the, those, so it's similar. It's not Disney, right? Um, so it's I've had the experience, but not at Disney. I can't remember if I'd ever seen really – I think – the photos from it sometimes show Mickey diving in there. I don't remember if I've ever seen that mm. or not. I'm so glad you said that because I was going to bring that up. I remember as a kid, you know, you could send away for the planning video yes. or whatever, you know, you could, and they would come to you. All of those promotional shots, it, it always showed Mickey Mouse in a <laughs> diving suit, you know, and his big old goggles or whatever. And every time I went, I was like, "Where's I want to see Mickey? Where I is see he? Mickey in the swimming pool?" And it never happened. I don't know if that was really a thing or if it was just for that video, but I definitely never saw Mickey Mouse diving in that thing. <laughs> well, I, I know you guys didn't eat there, but I'm sure you've had something to eat at the Land Pavilion. Moving up a little bit, you know the uh, holy smokes! Walking into that pavilion in the 80s and 90s before they did all the refurbishing that was one of the most beautiful pavilions that big opening when you walk through the doors and you're on the second floor and you can see down into what was it called sun sunshine seasons or something like that and the balloons and oh my gosh the fountain that was there the fountain was absolutely amazing uh, i recently found a picture of an old picture it was just my wife and i and for I, for some reason, when we were first together, first you know year or two of our of our relationship, I would jokingly take pictures of her when we would eat or when she was eating. So I've got pictures of her eating chicken nuggets at Cosmic Rays and pictures of her eating. So there's a picture of her eating something, and you know, and she's like mouth open, food going in. It's just like an awkward picture. And for some reason, when I was 24 years old, I thought that was hilarious. And there's a picture of her sitting beside that fountain eating something. And I, I was really excited because it was the the land 
the the fountain from the land and i was like oh honey look the fountain she's like great another picture of me eating super thank you but i that was really really great i loved that place and uh, loved at that time it was listen to the land that was one of my favorites loved back in the day when that you guys remember when there wasn't the recording on the boat ride there was actually a cast member almost like the jungle cruise but less jokes you know the the cast, there used to be cast a, a member. cast member that would that would sit on the boat with you. Yes, and and recite all the stuff about you know the Mickey shaped pumpkin or whatever. I I liked that. I liked that that cast member interaction. That was really cool. And when I was a kid, I liked to ask them questions, and uh, that was cool. I love food rocks that used to be there before Soren. But you used to like the stuff. song. You you like the song from there as well. You mentioned. Oh, the absolutely! Other, the, the other day you were you were, you you mentioned that. Now it's been in my head all week. <laughs> yeah, the listen to the land. It's yeah, got all yeah. the kids singing, and you listen to the land. I'm not going to sing because you know it's bad. But Thank yes, you. <laughs> you're welcome, Ron. Yes, the 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 pavilion had its own theme song. It was called. Is listen that where Sor- Soren is actually back there now? Soren is exactly oh. uh, over to the left on the bottom floor where you used to go into Food Rocks. And then the previous, the name of the show before Food Rocks escapes me right now, but it was, you know, Veggie, Veggie, Fruit, Fruit, that, that show. I can't remember the name. I never saw that. Oh, it was good. It was fun. It was, you know, nutritional information put to music. Bonnie Appetit was the host. Were you on the boat when that's the boat where you would go and it would go out into the greenhouse and you would. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And that's one, if we're talking about retractions nowadays, that attraction that was listed to the land, now it's called Living with the Land. But that attraction is probably the closest uh, that's still as close to it was on opening day. It's really, really close. So it's it's one of my I love the animatronics in there. They're, they're kind close. of unexpected, but they're they're pretty nice. The like the buffalo and, yeah. and all that. Yeah, it's really cool. I should next time we're there, I should make it a point to go. I've not been on that since 1982. Wow, really? Oh gosh, really? Yeah. Oh god. We we so just good. hit we I'll be I mean, I don't I don't know. We we don't get a lot of time, so we hit the major the stuff big ones and, and just take in the the atmosphere. And if we think that it's not going to be memorable. We you skip it. We skip it. Well, my wife and, uh, and it's inside, so it's nice when, and cool. Yeah, but we're normally there when it's not super hot. Oh, okay. Thankfully, my wife but, wants um, to do the the. You can do a walking tour of the greenhouse. Oh, no, that and, would uh, be cool. We've we've talked about doing it for a hundred years just haven't actually got around to doing it but uh that's something that's definitely on our list is, and is it true they still make the food that, is that do they still grow the greens there that they use in the parks is that still true obviously they don't grow enough to supply the the park but that that attraction does grow the food and it's still part of what you get at the garden grill the food the from the from the attraction from that greenhouse is used in the garden grill restaurant 
And a side note, our special <laughs> guest, Jenny, who had been on the show last week, she actually used to work at the, I believe it's the Garden Grill. She was very close friends with Pluto at that place. So um, oh, nice. she told us a couple of stories about, about working backstage there. That's pretty cool. But we had gotten, last week when we, when we spoke about Epcot, we actually got, someone had mentioned to me that their favorite memory was early on going when they went to journey of imagination into imagination it was not to see figment but to see captain eo remember captain eo i remember when that came out i was in the 80s you know i would have been probably 12 or 13 maybe 14 something like that when when captain neo came out and you know i mean michael jackson was the biggest star on the planet yeah at that back time. then you know thriller was huge and everything so i remember captain neo was a really big deal michael jackson big star george lucas who is the star wars guy how can you not just be excited to see the biggest star in the world with the guy who created star wars i mean it was uh it was a really big deal. I loved it when I was a kid. Definitely loved seeing Captain EO. And I loved when they brought it back. They, it was yeah, when, for, I, when they brought it back, it was a lot of fun. I think that's the last time I was there. In the 2000s. Yeah. Yep, it was pretty good. It was, uh, after seeing it as an adult, you see how cheesy it was, right? <laughs> but but they I added extra special effects that made it fun. And and it was always uh, an exciting moment to be in there. But um, I didn't realize... For some reason, I thought of that as a standalone thing, but I, I didn't realize that that was right there next to next to Figment. I, my wife's favorite character from there, and a lot of people love Figment from the original Figment from the Journey into Imagination. Well, if you remember, yeah, they're they're attached. So it was Magic Journeys back in the eighties in that theater, and then that changed to Honey, I Shook the Audience. I'm sorry, it changed to Captain EO. Then it changed to Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. And then it went back to Captain EO. And now it just shows like Pixar shorts. Or Do you something. remember like it was like a pre-show, I believe, to Captain EO where they did a, a version, a video version of True Colors. It always used to get me. I always wanted to see the yes. uh, the ride, but I always used to start getting so upset because it, it the life that all those people had on that screen was, it looked so incredible. It would get me sad. It was idealistic, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. The the Cindy Lauper song. The Cindy Lauper song. Someone right. else singing it. You know? I can't think of it any and other way other than through that through that video. Absolutely, and then and of course you you mentioned Figment, the, the original, gosh, the original Journey to Imagination. First of all, that building, and the inside and that queue, with the the purple mural and everything that was in the the circular room where you got onto the ride. I I don't know. It, it you could all probably safely say that that was one of the most beautiful indoor cues that Disney has ever done. I cannot believe it. Was, I mean, it's a travesty what they did to that attraction yeah. anyway. Yeah. But I cannot believe that they destroyed that cue and they destroyed that mural when they refurbished that attraction it it's it's almost a crime why do you think they refurbished that attraction was it really that out of date uh kodak wanted something new kodak was kind of demanded if we're going to continue sponsoring this pavilion it's time for something new 
and and i think figment became more of a legend after that actually because i think he was the what what you held on to of the memory of the of the previous thing well the original refurbishment figment was gone right it was he was not there at all it was just Mm -hmm. that imagination institute with uh, Eric Idle being, yes. you know, it tied into Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Mm-hmm. And there was a gigantic backlash from giant nerds like me that, uh, you know, showed up to Disney Imagineering with their pitchforks and torches and, <laughs> uh, you know, cried out their their disgust of having lost figment. So they, it, that ride was op- open for less than two years. Uh, in that iteration before they redid it and brought back figment and that's crazy enough the the current version what we have it's journey into your imagination with figment has been there 20 years it's it's been there longer than the original journey into imagination even though people didn't like uh, it very much but it's it's kind of somehow found a way and you mentioned honey i shrunk the kids uh, shrunk the audience my goodness i didn't even remember that was from there for some reason i associated that ride with mgm studios wow yeah the remember the theater they shrunk you yeah right because the kid picked you up and everything i remember my sister screaming when there were rats were released at that one point yeah or the mice shot like air or whatever out at at your ankles (laughs) she was on top of her seat screaming (laughs) yes that was pretty good so what about ron did you have a chance to see the original figment journey into imagination or is that one is that another one sure we did I'm sure we did, but um, I, like we were talking kind of offline, my memory just is not, does not retain as much as I wish it did. And we went to, um, I was explaining to you that we went to the World's Fair in 1982 in Knoxville. So those memories kind of merged together because they're similar experiences. So what some of the memories I have from the World's Fair is probably memories from Epcot and some of the Epcot and some of the memories I have from the World's Fair are probably anyway, just the opposite <laughs> of what they really are. But anyway, um but I don't remember the that that attraction. Well, if you haven't, you definitely need to go check it out on YouTube. You can find full ride throughs of of all of these Epcot uh, Pavilion, the original attractions. That's one that you definitely need to check out because that was, I mean, there's a reason why it's called the Imagination Pavilion because the what the entire think Tony Baxter was the Imagineer that came up with most of that, and that one, goodness gracious, the the imagination it took to create the Imagination Pavilion. Uh, just second to none. In was that building designed before the Louvre in Paris or after? Because it's very similar. In it shape. does that triangle, glass triangle, yeah. or what glass? Those things are called pyramids, Dewey. The 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 triangle. I'm saying it's not a triangle; it's a pyramid. The glass pyramid. <laughs> goodness gracious, the glass pyramid. I, I don't know which came first, uh, the chicken or the egg. I don't know. It, it, it gives it such a striking futuristic look, especially yes. I was looking at some of the photos that I posted behind our video 
last week. Then those were photos that I had taken, and some of those places look out out of worldly. It looks so amazing. And what about the jumping fountains right outside oh, yeah. Journey into Imagination? Yep. Yeah, remember... are those gone now? Yeah. Nope, they're still there. They're going though, right? I don't know. They're going to be um, part of Moana's experience, aren't they? I, I don't know. I think that it will have that element. I don't. I haven't heard anywhere that it's going to leave the the Imagination Courtyard. Um, I, I haven't heard that. It, I guess it's possible. I don't know, but. And did, they're, they're still you, there last time I was there. When you just mentioned this, I'm trying to remember why I don't remember them being in the same place. Did uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience replaced Captain EO? Is that correct? Correct. Right, right. That's correct. Oh, yeah. Same in that same theater. And where you exit that theater, that's the courtyard where the jumping fountains are. Right. And so, it. gosh, I remember as a kid, my mom, um, we would get in trouble. My brother and I would get in trouble every time because we'd get soaked trying to catch the <laughs> jumping water, you know? So uh, some of our old videos from, from the eighties is us, you know, standing under, under the jumping water and we're just looking up and it's really cool. And then inevitably uh, my brother would jump and get soaked. And then my mom's <laughs> like, brad like yelling at us so, <laughs> that's that's pretty funny but we always loved the jumping fountains there in the courtyard the imagination pavilion did you guys ron do you remember when you went into the park did you well i guess because of where your favorite ride would be this is question is going to be answered but did you walk into the west side or to the east side which side drew you in so we normally go and i don't know why but we normally go to the right Mm -hmm. really okay yeah. so which you is go the side to we're the talking about west yeah yes. to the west side yeah, we I, did I think it. we always went east we always went to that side first i think birnbaum had always used to say stay on the left i don't know if this is true anymore but the, the, that most people tend to stick to the right and go it's right. better to go left yeah. uh because you kind of avoid the lines but if we go to the left here uh from the entrance plaza we get the universe of energy or at least it was once and then it became ellen's universe of energy um i remember ellen's more because i saw it so many times i used to enjoy but ron i'm sure you probably didn't go too much on that one because that one's a 45 minute ride that's probably one of the longest attractions uh sitting time of, of anything you'd have to give yourself a whole hour to go in there yeah i'm not sure that i've been on that. ellen's yeah I don't know that I have. So you moment. didn't do, did you do the original, the universe of energy? Oh yeah. I'm sure we did that. So the dinosaurs and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do you guys remember the pre-show? Yes. The quiz, the, uh, the, the original pre-show, you said something about the screens, right? Uh, it was called a kinetic mosaic, which yeah. is, you know, I, the guy that designed it, he's like, from the Czech Republic or something. I can't remember. I, and I definitely don't remember his name, but he's European of some sort uh, in that kinetic mosaic. So it was basically just a, I think it's like eight or nine minute pre-show and the same place where Ellen told you about her dream, right? Mm -hmm. From Ellen's energy adventure, same place. You're in that, that same theater, but the screens, it wasn't just a giant movie screen. The screens, 
uh, had movement. They would ro rotate and up and down and left and right. And if you haven't seen this or don't know what I'm talking about, go check it out on YouTube because it was really unlike anything you I've ever seen and unlike anything I've ever seen since. Well, that's pretty much what you can say about all of Future World there. It was very much unlike anything Absolutely. that we, we'd ever seen before or that anyone had imagined. It's as if someone made a sci-fi town and and plunked it into normalcy, sort of. Absolutely. And speaking of that, you know, the, the weird shape of the Wonders of Life Pavilion, which is the next thing that you'd see. I know I did not spend much time in there because I thought it was mostly geared towards younger kids. As I mentioned before, I was, you know, 29 the first time I made my trip into Disney World. So um, when I saw that was more geared towards kids, I didn't really visit there much. But what was in the Wonders of Life Pavilion? I don't even remember anymore. So the the big attraction there was Body Wars. Body Wars, right. Was, I, I think I wrote once and I said, well, it's just Star Tours with a body thing in it. It's exactly right. It's yeah. basically Star Tours meets I that remember Inner that. Space. Yeah. You remember Inner Space mm -hmm. with uh, mm -hmm. Martin Short and yeah. Dennis Quaid. Um, Dennis Quaid, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's basically Inner Space meets Star Wars That's a, or Star Tours. It's yeah. the exact same uh, vehicle as those motion simulators. That's exact no longer there, same right? thing. Oh, no, it's still there. Is it? It's still there. Body you can't Wars is do still there? It. You, oh, okay. It's not an attraction anymore. It's still there. And if you can... Uh, <laughs> now they you can choose open, alternate versions of where you go through. <laughs> the building is still there. And supposedly, it's eventually going to be the play pavilion with the when they uh, uh, announced all the new right. changes coming to Epcot. It's supposed to be the play pavilion, but COVID, you know, changed a lot of that. Right. Disney hasn't said, yes, it's still coming or no, it's not. It just sits there idle. But in the last few years, that building has been the, for the food, uh, food and wine or any of those festivals, it's been the festival headquarters and you could go in there and that's where you could buy the food and wine t-shirts and stuff like that. Oh, see, I didn't and, know that. I always thought the festival was more just something that you experience as you're walking around. I didn't realize there was a, a center where they that well, was all located. In the last three or four years, okay. that has been held in the Odyssey. In the, okay. Uh, the old the other restaurant, restaurant. The Odyssey. Yeah. So that's where all that stuff is. But probably the five to six or seven years ago, the the wonders of life pavilion is where you could go and get that stuff and when you walked in there it was it was all it looked exactly like it did when it was the wonders of life pavilion but instead of having all the health stations that you could visit and learn about your body or whatever right. now it was seeds to grow your own plants or you know the coffee mugs or whatever you wanted to buy that had the food and wine or flower and garden festival logos or whatever but you could walk in there and like peek around you know peek around walls and stuff and body wars is still there it's you can still see it back there you can still see the hallway that goes to it and i've read that the simulators are still there they haven't dismantled it so they're still whatever how many there are six or eight or 27 i don't know however many of those simulators they had when it or they're still sitting there just doing nothing 
Uh, but in the 80s, when that pavilion opened, I think, oh, 89, I think, is when it opened. Uh, the the big under the dome was all the health stations. And I remember as a kid, we really loved going in there because they had these. Now, you know, what is it? Peloton or whatever those yeah. fancy bicycles are Track, now. Yeah. It was basically one of those. But you sat down on an exercise bike and it had a video screen in front of you. And when you moved, when you pedaled, the video screen would start moving okay and it would it would you would travel through one of them was epcot you could ride a bike through epcot <laughs> but there was a couple of other i think there was like a french countryside or something i don't remember but that was really cool you would get on an exercise bike and look at the tv and you would ride somewhere and it was really cool and of course they had um Cranium Command, which was the I've audio seen the photo of that wasn't that the, the didn't they have a gigantic like dummy of the guy with the cranial you thing were on his inside head? someone's head yes yeah. and then they had is uh, that Rick Moranis or just I'm I'm mixing no it. that was oh gosh wasn't it Martin Short really I I can't remember I I can't remember I think Martin Short did the voice of that. Oh um, yes, I think you might be right. I, I remember I, that now. I, I only did that once or twice. We always did Body Wars when we went because that was exciting. But I, I Cranium Command, I bet you only saw once or twice. I don't know that that it was something I frequented. And they had the making of me, which was kind of weird and kind of revolutionary at the same time. It was teaching uh kids about puberty or what you know like how how babies are born or how right. babies are made you know yeah. and i was like that's an interesting choice disney but uh it was it was all just about how the human body works you know the every every attraction in future world was about a a an element or a technology or something like that and you had the sea and you had space and you had imagination and the body wars and or the wonders of life was all about human health and everything and it was sponsored by uh, metlife the uh the health insurance company so it uh it it, it did all those things talked about the human body but it was well, really cool well speaking of uh of the wonders of life dewey is wearing for those of you who don't know an amazing looking uh shirt that has a bunch of epcot logos and things all over it which looks really cool it's very colorful but right smack dab in the middle is his favorite attraction which was the next thing that you'd approach when you get there originally and that of course would be horizon so uh obviously we we've we've spoken a lot about horizons on the show before and it, it was replaced by mission space Ron. <laughs> your guys yes. first. but it's an area that you both have memories of Listen, horizons, Here we top go. to bottom, front to back. <laughs> no offense, mission space lovers. Top to bottom, front to back, probably the best attraction Disney has ever created. It was absolutely amazing. It took, you know, everything in Future World was something about our world. You know, I already said 
Human communication was Spaceship Earth. Human transportation was World of Motion. The, the ocean was the Living Seas. The land pavilion was uh, humans' relationship with the Earth and growing food and stuff. The Imagination Pavilion was about human imagination. The universe of energy was about how man harnesses all the energy that we can find in our universe. Horizons didn't handle just one of those things. Horizons was the almost, you could call it like the center of Epcot. It took elements of all of those attractions and wrapped it up into one beautiful amazing imaginative just j just one great big pack and not only wrapping up what's in epcot think about it this way it's also wrapping up all the technologies that disney knew at the time using um uh, you know an experience that would immerse the audience through animatronics through um visual through a ride vehicle through um through different doors essentially to get to uh to to have a, a different adventure every time you went on and it was uh, also a an unofficial uh sequel to the carousel progress too so and probably a sequel to spaceship earth in that sense too it, it tied everything together and yeah. you can even hear uh, uh great big beautiful tomorrow that song is right in, was in horizons that's right so horizons was so special it was I don't think it's been matched by anything Disney has created before or since. It was quite honestly the 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 top or the 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 uh, climbing Everest. You've reached the top, the pinnacle of Disney attractions was Horizon. Well, speaking of pinnacles, it would then take off once Horizon was left. It turned into Ron's favorite ride. Which yes. we've also discussed, Spaceship Earth. Ron, what do you uh, want to say uh, about uh, Mission Space? Mission mission space. I'm sorry, space. Mission Space. Sorry. Yeah, and I think part of for me, it's the hand. It's just the taking me into what I'll never experience, or at least space I'm like not meant. expecting to experience it in my lifetime. Right. And so it's just something that I've always enjoyed space exploration, but that kind of takes it to another level where you can actually feel some of the G force and just experience it. And we're not going to talk about how old we are. Ron and I are the same age, but we were both there when a man first went on the moon. It was a big thing. Well, we sure. weren't there, but we both remember watching right. that on television. Yeah. And and that that experience shaped the possibilities of what was to come in the future because before that that didn't exist. So the idea of having a um, uh, the ability to actually do that yourself is kind of cool in an attraction. Yeah. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We landed on the moon in 1969. You guys yeah, were yeah. alive then. We were, but we're moving yeah. on to that subject. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I wasn't born until '74, so. Yeah. Uh, flights to the moon had pretty much ended by the time i came around <laughs> yeah, and they I were know, right they were definitely gone by the time uh i remember you know when i was like seven or eight we weren't going to the moon anymore so that i'm not making an old joke uh i'm being i'm being honest and, and sincere and genuine here that is really cool 
that you guys remember the the 1969 moonlighting like Walter Cronkite you know speaking about you know the historic significance and everything I was not around for that I I really again not an old joke I uh, I'm I mean it that is super cool that you remember that and well, I, I was in, I was in kindergarten we were, it's what we all talked about and they gave us a um they, you know we everybody wanted to be an astronaut after that because you oh, yeah. you'd seen what you'd seen on on, on television and Mr. Rogers, uh, if you guys remember Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, an old PBS TV show, he would have the astronauts come on and talk about them and and, uh, and talk to them and, and have them explore how they went into space. So space exploration was so new back then when we were growing up that it, it is kind of a uh, cool idea that you're, you're able to simulate the experience of doing this almost for real. Yeah. And, and you bring a great point, Tony, in that, I mean not even talking about age, just the where we've come from and how Epcot has captured, as we've been talking about, the in the intervention uh or the invention of everything that we've experienced as the human race from in of going to the moon, which most would have thought that would never be able to happen to where we are today, where we carry basically a, what was a computer that filled the size of oh, yeah. a room of a room, in our right. hand. And it's just incredible when you stop, stop, stop to think what the difference between what 20, 30, 40 years can be to what, and, and it seems like we are, that just gets faster innovations just become a thought and they're just more and more quickly come to fruition. And, and I think that's a little bit uh, why Epcot has had struggled keeping up with showing the future because the future is upon us before we have time to develop an opportunity to show the future. Exactly. And well, almost to what you're saying, the, uh, the space flight, as Dewey mentioned, had kind of died down by the mid, uh, the I guess after the Challenger accident, and the, it started to build up again over the past couple of years. So yeah. I think the excitement of that is what's fueling the um, the ability to experience this ride. Uh -huh. in, in in well, I mean, you've got you've got literally civilians that have now gone to space. Yes, William Shatner. Today's, to, today's a year to since Shatner went up. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the thing, what I remember as a kid, so you guys are talking about the moon landing. For me, the space shuttle was yeah. my introduction to space travel and everything. And in every single video or promo or anything you ever saw about NASA, and they were talking about how you became an astronaut, they always showed astronauts in the centrifuge you know spin right. this, we're going to get you ready for zero g's we're going to spin you really fast you know and i guess if you don't puke then you can be an astronaut so <laughs> that's what i thought when i was a kid so really the 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 mission space the attraction the fact that you get to experience what an astronaut does and you mm -hmm. get to spin in a centrifuge is really a, an amazing application of that technology that nasa has been using for decades 
and they run it several times a day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's and no, I I think it's a great attraction. Again, it's just Disney. Please add attractions. <laughs> Give me additional attractions. Yeah. Don't destroy something amazing to put in something new. You don't have to do my that. My only disappointment, well, not my only disappointment. I'm in agreement with you. Don't 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 destroy, just add. But my disappointment with Mission Space is I didn't get there in time before they lowered the the intensity. Even you wanted on the, the full you wanted the full head on. I want the full head head destruction take it take give me all the, the g's give me ron, all the g's yeah. ron's like give me the experience that has literally killed people yes <laughs> i want that yes i do <laughs> yeah, great well, attraction great well attraction. keeping things in motion and talking about things that got changed and are no longer there uh the final part of uh of kind of the final part of future world was world of motion uh, an attraction that was there on, uh, in the opening and is no longer there. It's now been replaced by Test Track. I don't remember if we've spoken about either. I know we, we we did a whole show about World of Motion. I don't think we've done Test Track yet. We have not. Uh, we've definitely talked about World of Motion. That We did it in one of our first four or five episodes right. because that's my all-time favorite attraction. That attraction was just uh, absolutely amazing. It it traveled through the the human experience as far as human transportation, starting from the invention of the wheel all the way up into and it talked about vehicles of the future and and all that. And it was just more of that that optimistic look at the future that Disney really really talked about and really tried to portray, especially at Epcot. But some other Tomorrowland stuff was kind of the same way. And, and this ride, again, almost you could almost describe it just like you're describing Horizons. Top to bottom, front to back, one of the best things that Disney's ever created. It was uh, it was funny. It was tongue in cheek funny with, you know, puns. And I guess nowadays we call them dad jokes, but it was a lot of a lot of really clever you know, what you were seeing was different than the narration. So the narration was telling you about how amazing it is that humans can do this. And then, you know, the, the narrator is talking about humans are so smart. We conquered this. And but the scene that you saw was really how that failed or whatever. And it was, you know, you would see a traffic jam when it talked about, you know, human innovation and travel and stuff. It was just funny tongue-in-cheek silly and but it still taught you some stuff still told you the story of human transportation and how we've evolved and everything uh, it had the most i think it's the most animatronics it's ever been in an attraction right it, it had like that. 70 or 80 audio animatronics and you know chickens and donkeys and and of course people it just it was just an amazing attraction. And yeah, you definitely have to look that one up. If you've never seen World of Motion, try to find a, a video of it because it is one of those pieces that you wonder how is that, how did they do that then? And why is that not there now? Yeah. But and now, again, an, yeah. I'm sorry. A, another one of the amazing attractions at Epcot that had its own theme, theme song, 
I, I believe that it was written by Buddy Baker. What was another, the song in that one again? I know you played it. It's fun to be free. Oh, fun to be free. Right. Okay. And I think I mentioned it in our World of Motion episode, but in every era, you know, you started with, you know, the early man when they right. were creating the wheel. But the the song, It's Fun to Be Free, was in the entire attraction. But the 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 theme or the the style of the music changed with the era. So right. once we got to the 50s and the the creation of the uh, international or not the international the uh, national highway system it was you know it's fun to be free sounded like 50s music and it just it changed with the era so it was really a, a work of art that song same lyrics but put to different styles of music throughout the attraction so speaking of which uh, you're reminding me of uh, of what this ride is sort of a sequel another sequel to an another one another sequel to carousel of progress I th uh, because uh, i think they do something similar there and even the shape of that original pavilion was similar to what the carousel of progress was like in in disneyland so it's kind well, of uh kind of weird yes the attraction was literally shaped like a wheel like because a wheel. it was, uh, you know, it was about human transportation and most of our transportation has wheels on it. Right. So and speaking of wheels and now it's, now it's test track, the fastest ride this side of Epcot. And, and so before we get to Ron, did you get to do world of motion? Do you remember that one? I don't remember if you said, yes, I did. And okay. I, like I, Wish they would have just added Test Track to it. I agree. I agree. Oh, that would have been funny test after track you finish all great. of those scenes and then then going right into Test Track. That's yeah. true. Around sure. the building. That can incorporate it. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have no problem with that. And Test Track, I I enjoy it still. Uh, you know, it's actually called Tron Track now, I think. But For real? It was, that's a joke. No, it's not. It oh, just looks okay. like Tron. Every, since they refurbished it, it just looks like Tron. It's not, you know, the it's not all the not for nothing with all the yellow. IP. I'm surprised they haven't made it cars related, but uh, you didn't hear me, Disney. Yeah, <laughs> be quiet, Tony. Don't give them any ideas. Goodness gracious. Uh, but the original test track was all the yellow and black warning signs, and you had all the test dummies and stuff. And basically, they the idea of the ride was they were making you one of those test dummies and lots of fun and it's still fun now it's just you know they they took away all the cool test track elements of it and and have made it more of a like a simulator or you're 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 in the digital world and it, it really does look like tron that's why i joke like that and it's still fun still a fun attraction not better than world of motion and not even better than the original test track, but still fun. I still you mentioned it. you mentioned earlier those promotional videos that we used to send away for and get in the in the in the mail that showed you what was in the park so you could plan it. Was was it my imagination or did they just have it in the video that they had the crash test dummies there for you to meet and greet? Uh, no, no, they did. They did. Yep. I've I've got a picture of me somewhere um, in, from the early two thousands. Uh, I have a, my picture and, you know, the test dummy's got his arm around me or whatever. And uh, they were there. You could get your pictures taken with the, the crash test dummies. Is this one they you guys rare, missed? though, right? It wasn't, they didn't, they didn't make appearances often. 
If I uh, that is the one and only time I ever saw them in in real life. I I saw them one time, got my picture taken with one of them. It uh, wasn't something that happened all the time. Ron, do you go to test track a lot or? We don't go a lot. No. Um, that one usually has yeah, a long right. queue, right? It does have a long queue, and I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. I'm just it's kind of short honest. for what it is. Yeah. It's uh, the single rider line. I, I I don't know if they still do that. I know a lot of the single rider lines kind of stopped uh, with COVID, and I <laughs> don't know if they reintroduced it or not. But the single rider line was one of the best kept secrets in Epcot for a few of these retractions. And for test track, single rider line was really good. You could get on it in 15, 20 minutes when it had a, you know, 180 minute right wait. So uh, I don't know if that's back or not, but we used to do that a lot. You just know you're probably not going to sit with your loved one. You're going to sit with someone else's family. You know? <laughs> And, and bringing around the, this around full circle, we, we've got the Odyssey restaurant. I used to go there because my nephew used to work at that restaurant. And I and I also met one of his roommates who was very close friends with Goofy. And Goofy used to make an appearance there. And, and my favorite memory of being there was when I went there after having met this um, friend of his. And Goofy walked up to me and said, or signaled to me, I know you. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> So, uh, but uh, that restaurant used to be a, a cool place. Now it's um, they use it for a variety of things. They 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 use it for the festivals. They use it for information and for for the blue blue sky. Yes. Uh, so I never got to eat there when it was a restaurant uh, back in the eighties and stuff. Never got to eat there. And I always because we never ate there, I never went inside it, and it oh. was almost like. It was. It's such a weird looking building. It didn't intrigue you. It is. Yes. And I always wanted to go inside. I always wanted to see inside it. And, you know, you had to have uh, priority seating to get in there. So I never, it was almost like, uh, like a secret, you know, and yeah, I was just right. so curious about it. And then it, it sat dormant in yes, for many, for many years, a decade or yeah. maybe longer. I, and... I thought they were going to tear it down. It wouldn't have surprised me. Thank yeah. goodness it did. Um, thank goodness it survived all of the horrible Epcot decisions that Disney mm -hmm. made for a few years. And now uh, it is part of Food and Wine and the Flower and Garden Festival. The It's, it's almost got like a counter service uh, bar or counter service where you can go up and get samplings from all the other countries you know for oh, okay for flower and flower and garden food or whatever and, food, and, food and wine food and wine and uh it, it that's only open sometimes most of the right. time it's closed but in whenever disney made the d23 announcement about what was coming to epcot and all the stuff you know the moana journey of water and the mary poppins and the you know all the stuff that all the new neighborhoods and all that stuff. When when they made that announcement, that the Odyssey restaurant became where they it's called the Epcot Experience, and it's where you go in there and every I don't know every five or ten minutes, uh, it would give you the re really pretty well done video explanation of what's coming to Epcot and how Epcot's changing. 
Right. And it had the the model in the center of that room that would light up with the projections. And then it had probably it wasn't 360 degrees around you. It wasn't like a circle vision, but it was probably like close to 180 degrees of screens. And it just told you the story of of Epcot's future. And I think that's actually closed now, too. But uh, I think that closed. But they did a nice job of of using that space to do that. I I had seen some videos of that. It did look pretty cool. It was really good. Um, And one of the best things that is in there, for me, being the giant Epcot nerd that I am, is Disney has redone attraction posters for all the Epcot uh, attractions. And for all of them, old and new. So there's in on the walls inside this uh, Epcot experience is kind of retro looking attraction posters for World of Motion and Horizons. And even the new ones, they've got a they've got a poster for Reflections of Earth. They have a poster for uh, Harmonious, you know, even the newer stuff and every Epcot World Showcase pavilion has an attraction poster so it's really cool the way that they've marketed it that it almost like movie posters you know when you go to the movie theater it's all these attraction posters but they're done really retro and really really cool stuff which is ironic because now there are movies being brought into epcot and none of us has been there since they added the new uh guardians of the galaxy into the universe of energy so that's why we didn't really mention that at all but uh, are you guys looking forward to going to that at some point absolutely i i've talked with several people that have been on it and uh my brother-in-law lives down in florida now and he has an annual pass so he he rides it once or twice uh uh almost once a week he he gets a uh what do they call it seems to be a big hit it is i hear it's a really great attraction again they didn't have to replace Universe <laughs> of Energy. They could have added Guardians of the Galaxy somewhere. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, sometimes I think Disney forgets they own 47 square miles yeah, of territory to that too. Yeah. in Central Florida. I think that they, they forget they have this enormous footprint. And then they, they think this is all we got. We got to tear something down so we can build something new. And that's really very short-sighted, in my opinion. And one other quick new thing that that they added to this area that I'm looking forward to, hopefully someday in the future, all three of us can possibly do a show from there, uh, would be the Space uh, 220. We mentioned it casually before. But that new restaurant sounds like a great place for us to do a live podcast from someday. And I haven't been in that yet. It's open since, since COVID. Yeah. And, but... Everything I've seen, all videos and photographs, it looks absolutely amazing. And I hear the food is pretty unique and and pretty exceptional. So uh, it's definitely someplace I want to check out. It's supposed to be pretty good experience. And Ron, it's right up your alley. Yes, it is. I'm looking forward to that most definitely. We, we've just actually, this is what was missing from our last show about Epcot. We really 
have so many thoughts about all this. just talking about this reminds me of how great this park is to visit because there's some such variety even in the past and even now in the future there's so many th different things that we can do there but however if we keep doing this we'll probably be here till uh next year to the next anniversary so i think it's probably a good idea to save our world showcase talk perhaps for the next show how does that sound to you guys i think that's a great idea we we've already been talking over an hour here we're just in yeah. future world so we'll I, certainly save world showcase for another episode mm -hmm. i did want to bring up oh one yes more topic if you don't care no go ahead. yes we've already I, talked a little i've bit got one too so okay. it'll be closing thoughts i guess we each of us go. can do something so yes ron what you got so epcot definitely brought several new um opportunities and and ways to enjoy walt disney world right you originally only had the magic kingdom which was more fantasy and you have epcot that's bringing the future and what is really interesting we were talking about this tony is when did park hopping become oh. an option at walt disney world and it was with the opening of epcot they didn't call it park hopping. They used um, passports and you could buy a three, four, six day world passport that featured park hopping ability. And so um, what's interesting to me is some of these pricing, which we've talked about pricing of tickets previously. But here's what is interesting to me with that whole the whole concept of pay once and ride anything also started with the opening of Epcot. They oh. previously until 1982, can you believe until 1982, you had to buy um, tickets that had adventure. It was an adventure ticket at that point. So they had done away with the, the different classes of rides. It seems like, I don't know that for sure, but that's what it's, feeling like and you had to buy you could buy like seven to ten adventures and then of course they had the free rides that you didn't need to have a ticket for but that didn't change until 1982 when you bought a passport and then you could buy a passport for individual parks the world like the magic kingdom had a passport you'd get a passport or a passport to um epcot or you could get the world passport that would let you park hop. So I found that very interesting. In the pricing of a one day, no, just one passport for an adult was $14, hmm. which seems very reasonable <laughs> compared to today's price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe that is the price of uh, a beer in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the Germany Pavilion now. I think it costs $14. So um, there's your your value comparison. Yeah, if you, if you want to if you want a figment souvenir cup, it costs more than that. Oh, my <laughs> here's gosh, yes. one other point, and I found this very interesting as well. On they had a Epcot opening day commemorative ticket, and it was good for three days of unlimited admission to both parks and use of all attractions. Also came with a welcome letter. In a ten-page booklet, an envelope for mailing. Guess wow. how much that was? Six ninety-nine. 
squish. It was only thirty dollars. So wow. basically, ten dollars. Oh wait, wait! It was three parts. days of admission. My bad. Yes. I was just thinking about just the letter. Three oh, days. Three, three days, days of admission, admission and all those goodies. Yes, in so, in both parks, not just Epcot, Magic Kingdom as well. You could. So my guess was stupid. I I screwed that one up. My bad. I'm wondering, is it, for some reason in my head, I'm thinking about the very first people who ever did that, who ever said, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to go to the other park now. Yeah. Can right. I get a discount? <laughs> so uh, that's that's good stuff, Ron. That My first time was 85, so I never experienced the, the ticket books and the A, B, C, D, E ticket yeah. rides and all that stuff. I never experienced that. So... Uh, my first trips was those passports where you could park up. I guess I'm su surprised by that because my first memory of of Walt Disney is having to use a ticket for everything. And we had already, Kings Island had stopped. You would go to the amusement park that I was used to and you'd pay one time and you'd go in and do anything you wanted to do. Then we went down to Disney and it was, you have to, pick and choose what you got to do which made it a somewhat of a negative experience for me but then to realize the next time I went to Disney in 1982 I was only a few months from not from still having to do that that just shocked me yeah that's pretty cool my experience we never had that so so uh, the one thing, I guess, to wrap it all up that I wanted to talk about was one of my favorite things when, I guess, by the 90s, I graduated high school in 92, so I was probably mid-teens to, to late-teens in the 90s, and something that I think it, I think it, or I know it's gone right now because of all the construction they're doing there with Moana and all the, like Ron, you talked about the creation shop and all that stuff, but there's rumors that it will be coming back. It's been in some of the uh, art, some of the artwork that they've shown like a uh, concept art and stuff was the led lights in the ground as you were leaving oh, uh, Epcot, uh, I remember, I remember well. you know, at 15, 16 years old, whatever I was then, when you, after, I guess, before Reflections of Earth, when it was just uh, Illuminations, when that show was over and you're walking out of Epcot, you know, mm -hmm. I was always sad. It's like, oh, my Epcot day's over. And I was always sad. But I can remember the LED lights in the, in the concrete like that just seems, uh, I don't know, uh, otherworldly to me. It just, it's like, it, I it was a nice it touch. Was, I remember always smiling when that happened. Yes. Yeah. And they, and they, they weren't just static. They didn't just turn on. They were animated and they would, they would, as you took a step, move in. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, weren't they um, pressure activated? I, I don't know I sort of if remember it was pressure that. activated or if it was just timing or if it just made designs. I don't remember. But I remember thinking, I want lights like this in my house. You know, I want to be able to walk. You know, that I ain't never going to happen, do we? Come on. It might. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, LED, LED everything is LED yeah, lights now, yeah. you know? So. I just remember thinking, I want to, when I get up at two o'clock in the morning to go to the restroom, 
I want to walk along a path that is lit by LED lights in the tiles of my floor. You know, uh, again, just something. Of course, I'm kidding. I do do know that is available. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, they have heated floors and stuff now, you know, so I'm sure LED lights are a thing in the floor. But then it was something that you didn't see anywhere. And really, in my brain, I didn't think I would ever see it anywhere except for at Epcot, you know, so that's just something that I always really, really loved, thought was super cool that I just wanted to touch on for a minute or two here. I I miss it and I hope it does come to fruition from what, what, what we see in the concept art for what's coming to Epcot. It appears that illuminated tiles or, or LEDs in the floor or something, it is at least present in the concept art. So I hope Disney does that. So that's my little uh, one one thing to add that uh, that I wanted to talk about. How about you, Tony? You got something about Epcot? No, I'm I'm, I'm pretty much uh, good. That wrapped up. I'm looking forward to talking about the second section of it, which I think I spent a lot of time at. And uh, this this park is just great. It it really is uh, something I do miss, and I can't believe it's been that long since I haven't been there. But talking about this has brought back those memories. I am surprised we didn't talk any about Soren. We really not. Oh, we, we you know what? Kind of I forgot through that, and um, and not was there. Not that we need to, but it's it's definitely an attraction for us that we don't miss. Um, since they've added flight flight of passage, we don't consider it as much of a must do as we used to. But it's definitely one that we don't traditionally miss. And it still has those lines, right? Is that still one of the most popular ones? Oh, I would think so. It is, yes. Yeah. And I mentioned it just in passing when we were talking about the yeah. We, the we talked pavilion. about where it was located. Yes, didn't talk that's it. Much about the actual attraction, which, um, I mean, uh, you can't, for for me, that's a little just surprising because it's a major attraction at the park. It I is. thought it was weird because I had seen the original one in Disneyland, and I thought that when they would bring it to Epcot, that it would have been updated to be uh, all around, uh, you know, soaring around the world. And I'm glad that they actually yeah. did that because it makes more sense, right? Rather than ending up in California. Yeah. All right. So there you have it, folks. That is, I guess you could say, part two of our really an unplanned part two we just realized we missed some stuff from the first one that we really needed to talk about yeah yeah absolutely so that kind of does it for uh, more reflections on epcot's 40th and what the things that we love and miss and they're looking forward to in the next 40 years of epcot center so that's you know i'll talk about epcot anytime you want y'all want to keep doing epcot episodes i'm in it's good stuff (laughs) I really, really love Epcot. Well, I think we are going to have a part three, aren't we? Yes, we we are. We're gonna uh, we're gonna hit World Showcase, so we should we should do that next. I guess it's going to be a trilogy, a trilogy, an Epcot trilogy. How about that? And let's not forget to to let everybody know. Please share your favorite epcot memories with us we had some fun last week with everybody else you can send us a video if you'd like as well uh just get in touch with us somehow and let us know what did you like about being at future world or in 
the World Showcase. Yes, we'll talk about how you can get those thoughts and feelings and videos and pictures or whatever you want to share with us. We'll talk about that towards the end of the show. All right, so that's about it for the main segment of the episode 38. So let's move on over to what's happening around Walt Disney World. And we're going to keep with the theme. We're going to keep talking about Epcot. But after we recorded the last episode about the October 1st birthday of Epcot Center, uh, I believe it debuted on October 1st for the 40th anniversary. The, the Beacons of Light show on Spaceship Earth, they debuted a new one just for the 40th anniversary. Oh, and it, uh, it uses the music from the Millennium Celebration. One of the songs in that is a song called We Go On. And that We Go On song was played at the very end when Reflections of Earth was over and kind of when you're exiting, when you're walking out of the park, when uh, when you finish the fireworks show, the show, the the song called We Go On would play. It's sung by a, actually a country music singer named Kelly Coffey. And it was a really big, they used it all over the place in the, the Millennium Celebration back in 2000. So this new 40th anniversary Beacon of Light show that uh, uses all of those new uh, lights on the Spaceship Earth building is, is you know, just part of the, it began as part of the 50th anniversary of Disney World. So they're using that for the 40th anniversary of Epcot with this new show. And the really cool part is, you know, of course those lights are really cool and stuff. But it, it plays some, you know, some of your favorite music from Epcot's past. And at the very end, the I don't know if you guys have seen what is kind of the logo for the 40th anniversary. But, you know, the the original Epcot Center logo that is it's actually if you're watching the video, it's uh, this logo. Let me see. I'm right here on yeah. my shirt. It's that. um Kind of a the, nuclear uh, atom. Almost like a yeah. Yes, probably. yes. So, in the 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 finale of this new Beacon of Light show, the fin the finale uses this uh, updated logo, but instead of just being a solid color, it's wider in the the original. Each one of the outer circles of this logo is like a color of the rainbow. So you guys remember in the 80s, Epcot had lots of rainbows and stuff. The character costumes had rainbows on the sleeves and around the belt and everything. So a lot of the 40th anniversary merchandise has that rainbow theme. So the, the last scene or the finale of this Beacon of Light show for the 40th anniversary projects on the, the lights of Spaceship Earth, projects this logo with all of the colorful rainbow outer circles. And it is really super, super cool. It's about a two, two and a half minute show that that plays some of that old Epcot music and stuff. And I was freaking out when I saw it for the first time. You know, I've, I'm self-professed uh, Epcot center nerd. So I was nerding out on that 
that new video. Have you did you guys happen to see the the video or pictures or anything of that 40th anniversary Beacon of Light show? I did see it. It was very pretty, very very nice uh, send off. Yeah, I didn't see it unfortunately, but now you've you've made it so that I want to go watch it. Ron, goodness gracious, man. I need you to spend about about 20 minutes a week watching videos from Disney. You know, that, that, You're that's missing fair. I, that's a fair assignment because I need a place. I've, my job, I've been immersed for the last month. I need to find some time to immerse myself in stuff I love. Not, yes. not that I enjoy my job a lot, but I need a break so that's i will accept that challenging um <laughs> um assignment you and know it's you interesting to me that you mentioned that um and i do remember that now that that um epcot had a lot of rainbows associated i was looking at some pictures from the world's fair of 1982 and they too had a lot of rainbows and things in their costumes and oh. now I do remember growing up in the 80s, the rainbow, wearing the rainbow and having multicolor and bright colors was very popular. So it may have just been the culture. And but I didn't know if it maybe some had some symbolism for um, just the different cultures and using colors to demonstrate the differences. But. Yeah, it really did. Rainbows were really big in in, in the Epcot, uh, everything that Epcot did in the 80s. So yeah. uh, a lot of that new uh, 40th anniversary merchandise. I ordered, I got the 40th anniversary zip up hoodie. It came in a couple of days ago. It's really, really nice. I really enjoy it. I'm glad I picked that up. But uh, I, I was freaking out when I saw that video. So I just wanted That's to cool. talk about it real quick. You know, it completely ties in with what we're talking about today and everything. So just wanted to bring that up. So Tony, glad you saw it. Ron, when we finish recording this episode, immediately go to your <laughs> web browser and go to YouTube and find that video. It's two minutes. You can squeeze it in. I'll do it. All right. So, all right, that's it for what's happening around Walt Disney World. Just wanted to share that video. Listeners, if you guys have not seen that, definitely go check it out. It's something pretty cool to see all right so for the third and final segment of this week's episode we're going to head on over to what we call what's your favorite each week one of our hosts brings with them a question to ask the other two guys those two hosts don't know the questions ahead of recording and must answer the questions right here on the spot this week tony's going to give his week, question Ron. Oh, is it rotten? My bad. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Cut that. Cut that. This my question week, is, what is my question? <laughs> uh, I don't know. So this week, Ron is going to take the what's your favorite for this episode. So Ron, which is it? Uh, is it is it going to stump us this week? I think it's I don't think I think it's gonna be very, very hard for both of you. Oh. And I'm keeping it's not even it's kind of themed with the show that we've recorded today, but not really. So what's your favorite? Horizons or 
Carousel Progress. Oh my gosh, that is a hard one. Holy smokes. Tony, you're not in your head. Do you have your answer already? Well, only because I've been on it many more times than I have been the other. I'd have to say Carousel of Progress. I wish that I had a, a better memory of my experiences on Horizons because unfortunately, in after I wrote it in the early 90s, I started to, um, I visited other parks more often than, than, than that section and it was never available before they took it away. So I'll, I'll say Carousel of Progress. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my must-dos when I go to Walt Disney World and to the Magic Kingdom. However, it would um, it would be so great to be able to experience Horizons again. So I'm going to go the other way. Um, Carousel of Progress, one of my favorites. It, we go on it every single time we go to Disney. Don't miss it. Absolutely love it. So this is a really, really hard choice. But, you know, I mean, Carousel of Progress, Walt touched it. You know, it it it, it literally came from yes. Walt. And it was his idea. And the Sherman Brothers wrote the music. I mean, it's hard to vote against Carousel of Progress. It really is. But being the Epcot Center fanatic that i am and really all the things that i said about horizons you know 15 minutes ago or whatever when we were doing that discussion everything that i said about horizons is the reason why i choose it for this question ron because it was the epitome of what epcot center was supposed to be and what unfortunately the leadership the current leadership of disney has decided to steer away from and the original concept of epcot both the the city that walt wanted to build and then the theme park was about human innovation and the way that we connect with everything that's around us and how humankind has come from where we started you know mesopotamia and all that stuff the the fertile crescent all the way through where we are now with space exploration and and modern technologies and things that we never imagined that humans would be able to do all of that was captured in horizons and it was so optimistic and it was so uplifting i mean the music made you feel good it soared and the you know maybe we didn't we in 2022 we still don't have robot butlers but i still want one we don't you know what we have roombas you have siri we, that's right well Siri, i've tried i've said hey siri can you clean the kitchen and she won't do it <laughs> fair enough but, and look my phone actually siri just popped up yeah. <laughs> never mind <laughs> siri um you know, we don't have robot butlers, but we do have robot vacuums. You know, we're getting close. Um, and Horizons wasn't meant to show what the future was going to be. It wasn't a prediction. It was just the imagination of what the future could what be could based be, upon yeah. where humans have come in, you know, 50,000 years of recorded human history. It was just so optimistic and so much fun and i still 
you know, probably once every couple of months, I'll throw on a, a YouTube video of Horizons and watch it again. And it's still, it still holds up. It's still really, really good. It's still funny. And not that Carousel Progress doesn't, it does too, but Horizons is to me just everything that Epcot Center was supposed to tell us all wrapped up into one. So that's my vote. I'm that's I'm fair. on Team Horizons for this one. Love Carousel so, Progress, but I'm on Team Horizons. So the good news is, and I remind you and our listeners that what's your favorite is not per se choosing one over the other. It's more of in this moment, what is gonna click with you and what is just something that you really would choose over the other in this moment because in any, any given day even when we're in the parks right we have to decide what's our favorite what's our favorite going to be what are we going to go do and sometimes things that we really enjoy still don't make the list even though we don't like them any less so i really appreciate that answer and enjoy hearing some of the history that i unfortunately don't know that I even experienced and or well no I was looking horizons was not open until 1983 and so I believe I've missed the window to experience horizons completely that's um, true it opened on the one-year anniversary of Epcot it wasn't ready for the opening so on October 1st 1983 is when it opened and then it closed I want it permanently in January of 2003. So, no, it was before. Or, I that. mean, no, it, it it closed before that because Mission Space, uh, Mission opened, Space in opened in 03. So, it closed maybe a couple of years before that. Yeah. So, my bad. But it, it closed in January of 99, 2000, 2001, something mm -hmm. like that. I don't remember exactly. But, I mean, it was, you know, it was only around for uh, almost 20 years. And, so it yeah i guess you probably did miss it you probably never saw it in person yeah so with that being said horizons is probably one that i would have truly enjoyed a lot but didn't get the experience but i have experienced carousel progress so i'm gonna have to go with carousel progress this is one of those questions where there's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. You know, sometimes our what's your favorite has a clear winner. This one, there, there's no wrong answer. Both of them are amazing. Yeah. So that's good stuff. Thanks. For I that. almost threw a third option in there just to, to make it interesting and was going to throw in either Soren or Mission Space just to see but I, there, it's really, we've talked enough about it that I know both of you really enjoy historical or the historical, the, the true. And I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say, but I'm not saying it well. You guys enjoy the, the older attractions over the newer attractions. Classic is the classic attraction. There, that's the yeah. word I'm looking for. And and if you had, had thrown in any of those, uh, my vote wouldn't have changed. It would it would have been Horizons anyway. Great. All right, nice job, Ron. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for that question. So, 
Guys, that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please find and follow us on all our social media. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at WDW Reflections Podcast. And on Twitter, you can find us at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on many podcast platforms. And we'd love if you'd give us a, a follow or a subscription or a like or whatever it just happens to be on that particular platform. And please leave us feedback on Apple Podcasts uh, or on Spotify. Those positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience and helps us grow. And also, please make sure you check out the all-new website for the show at www.wdwreflectionspodcast.com. You can reach us at, uh, you send us an email there. You can re- ep- a- access every episode of our show's history, all 37 so far, and this one is the 38. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of those social media accounts, or you can email us at w- I'm sorry, wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And please keep coming back because we truly appreciate you listening to the show. Thank you for reflecting on Walt Disney World memories with us on the WDW Reflections Podcast. And happy birthday, Epcot. See you real soon. <laughs>